Welcome to The Favorite Marriage with your hosts, Monty and Janine Moore. Thanks for joining us as we explore relevant topics about marriage and help you gain tools for your marriage toolbox. We truly believe that you and your spouse can experience God's favor on your forever. We launched this podcast to help you discover deeper love, intimacy, and oneness according to God's design. With over 25 years of marriage, our desire is to encourage any marriage in any season to have your favorite marriage. Here's this week's episode of The Favorite Marriage. Enjoy today's podcast. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Favorite Marriage Podcast. We're your hosts, Monty and Janine Mora. And we're excited that we get to have another episode and that you're joining in and listening to it today. Uh, Before we dive into today's episode, we want you to be on the lookout for our brand new website, thefavoritemarriage.com. And right now it's being built, it's being constructed, and as soon as we publish it, we'll make every one of you aware of it. And uh, we'd love for you to check it out and gain a lot more resources from from the website. Yeah, it's very exciting. And we'd also like just to take a, a brief moment to thank some of you who have been uh, tuning in. Um, first of all, thank all of you. Yes. We appreciate the shares, the likes, the subscribes, and um, there's no way we can thank everybody. We, we like to just feature a few people today, and one of those people is Glenn from Germany. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Glenn. <laughs> uh, do you remember Glenn and Svetlana? We, um, we met them about 14 years ago. Even longer than that, and I did their, I did their wedding. That's right. So we want to say hi to them in Germany. And Glenn writes, you are spreading the word in Germany. We would like you to come alongside us to help us learn and grow for the next 14 years. Awesome. Yeah. And Glenn, we will. Yes. And we also like to mention Tanya here in Colorado Springs um, about the podcast. She says, so excited, been waiting. Thank you, Tanya. And thank you, Ray, for, for listening and supporting us. Right. And um, a friend of ours, a longtime friend, Gloria Jones from our hometown, Pueblo, she writes, this is so awesome. God bless you both. I'm excited to follow your podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate the encouragement. We appreciate the love and the support that so many of you have given to us in this brand new journey. Um, Janine, I was thinking because now our platform is growing, we're now on social media, we're on all major podcasts. I was thinking of, we need like a tag name. Oh, and yeah? yeah, it was a tag name. And I'm thinking like MJ Connection, MJ Duo, something with MJ in it. What do you, what do you think? Um, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> you, you might have wanted to run that by me first. But um, I'm thinking MJ is probably taken. Like, isn't that Spider-Man's girlfriend or... The King of Pop or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, you're right. I don't know, B. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll figure that one out. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. You might need to help us with that one. Yeah. And as soon as we come up with the tag name, we will let you know what that <laughs> is. And so, um, well, let's dive into today's content. Uh, we are in episode two of the Psalm 23, mm-hmm. um, Who's Leading Who title. Um, and last week we looked at the first three verses, and this week we're going to look at the back half of Psalm 23, verses 4, 5, and 6. Mm-hmm. And um, even though Psalms 23 is not a marriage passage per se, uh, we can look at the Psalm 23 through the lens of marriage and, and, and see how it applies of how the shepherd relates to the sheep, shepherd being God and us, the sheep. Um, us as the couple being the sheep. And um, so we want to highlight three areas in Psalm 23, the back half, 
that the passage addresses, and they are foe, fear, and favor. I'm right. going to say that again. Foe, fear, and favor. Yeah, let's look how those three words actually play out in the scripture reading. So I'm reading from Psalm 23, 4 through 6, and it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And this is where fear is tackled. Yeah. In verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And this speaks on behalf of enemies, our foes. Yes. Verse 6 says, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, which shows his favor. Yeah. What I love about the, the psalm and what I love about the, the idea of what we're talking about today is here at The Favorite Marriage, our goal is to provide marriage tools to put inside of your toolbox. We want to come alongside every, right. one, of your, every one of you as couples, and we want you to experience this, this amazing journey called marriage, and most of all, to experience God's favor uh, upon their life. And so um, we want to help you today work through some of these ideas of the fear, the foe, and of course, getting you to the final place of experiencing the favor of God. So let's dive into the first one, which is fear. Now, that's a big challenge for many couples today. I think more than ever mm -hmm. before, a lot of couples today, Janine, are facing fear. They're facing this feelings of anxiety. And sadly, for many married couples, they're unable to build a healthy, thriving, intimate relationship because this fear is is literally like plaguing the, their their marriage right because when we're afraid what do we usually do you know especially when we're younger when you're afraid you hide yes and if there's a sense of fear in a marriage you begin to hide whether that looks like um you know as a spouse if you're hiding just truly physically and you're hiding in a bedroom or an office space and you just don't want to deal with the situations in your marriage it also can be emotionally like you're hiding emotionally, you're you're just you have this this front that you're not yeah. truly being visible to your spouse. I mean, it could look many different ways. Yeah, and this fear impacts not only those areas, but it impacts the couple's ability to communicate. Mm -hmm. It impacts emotional security. I mean, it really canvases a whole lot of different situations within inside of a marriage. And so, um, you know. Sometimes a spouse, we might hear a spouse say, he's so negative about his thinking. Or he might say about her that she's worries way too much and she is just way stressed over this situation. And it could be those micro fears right. that's playing in, in the background right yeah, now. Yeah, there's always a reason behind um, those types of comments. Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So... Um, I think I've heard you preach before that that fear not is like one of the most quoted statements in the Bible. Yeah. Fear not. Do not be afraid. All of these are repeated throughout the scripture. Yeah. And, and the reason why God put those in the Bible is because humans have this proclivity to be afraid. Mm -hmm. And he put that in there to reassure us, hey, don't be afraid. Don't worry. I'm here with you. And we have a shepherd who is very prepared and ready to to protect us, right? When we talk about the rod and the staff, mm -hmm. um, we need to understand that those are two two different tools that 
a shepherd uses the rod and the staff, it says comforts me. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the rod, the rod is used to prod off the the enemy and, and he uses the staff to redirect. So we have a shepherd who knows what he's doing. So yeah. he would desire us and want us to trust in him to lead us and to not fear. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, thinking of the, the context of fear, um, we're, we're not professional counselors. We're marriage coaches. But mm-hmm. everything that we, we share on the podcast is going to come from a faith-based perspective, a personal perspective, experience that we can just pass on to you. Mm-hmm. And so from that perspective of faith-based, um, when a couple is walking through the dark valleys, uh, the shadow of death, we see how the shepherd literally just comes alongside mm-hmm. that couple mm-hmm. and, and he's able to alleviate those fears. And I just love how David words it in verse 4. I want you to hear it again. David wrote in verse 4, Even though, I love that, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And we see here that a couple can face their fears with the help Right. of a shepherd. I think there's a misconception a lot of times when people think you are a Christian or you are walking with God that yeah. you are not going to face trials and tribulations and that's so far from the truth. But what is what is the truth is that like you just read the shepherd is there with you and he can protect you. Mhm. Yeah. You know, I was um reading something about Corey Ten Boom the other day and mm-hmm. she was a former inmate of the Um, German concentration camp and she says this there is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still Mm. and man what a great picture of how God is the shepherd and he takes care of the sheep when we go through those dark fearful valleys yeah there's so many fears that a couple can face that um, we have actually experienced through throughout our our journey as a husband and a wife and those are fears such as like financial fears which actually we've faced a long time ago as as a young couple newly married and yeah. literally just faced this summer and yeah. the growth that we've were able to show from the the first days of of our, our married life to this summer were drastic right yeah, because we've very. we've had this track record with the lord that he has been faithful to us. So when we faced that financial fear this summer, um, it was it was easy to allow him to take that rod and shepherd us and lead us on the path that he chose for us. And, mm-hmm. you know, hence you starting a new job and looking forward to what that's bringing for us. Sure. So, yeah, so that is that's one is a financial fear. I think as parents, we face a lot of fears, right? As we, parents, yes. Right. And um, and every season of parenting brings on new fears. I think the highest point of fear I had as a parent and you might relate is when we sent our kids off to college, mm-hmm. yes. all three of them. And yeah. I, I think we can be um, either a slave to fear or, again, allowing the Lord to come in and and reassuring us that he's not just shepherding us, but he's shepherding our sheep. Yeah, you know our little sheep, and yeah. um, and in those times where we've had to let go and release them, he has been faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we got to be aware of these fears, and I think all of us have what we call these fear buttons, mm-hmm. right? These buttons of fears that just get pushed 
in our life and we got to be aware of them because sometimes those fear buttons come unexpectedly right we i think of even this this last summer when we took our cruise to alaska you want you want to kind of share about that fear button right Uh, i just um just being transparent with you all like one of the fears that i have faced um since i was a young girl is um, the fear that claustrophobia Mm -hmm. and that's something that has actually poked its ugly head out and in moments in my life and i have learned to deal with it Mm -hmm. i have learned to put boundaries um set up boundaries you know don't go into um a fully loaded elevator (laughs) you know things like that or um things that trap me in you know tend to to stir that claustrophobia but yeah, this summer was was um, a new button that was not something I was expecting, and yeah, yeah, to just uh, share a little bit about that that experience as we were on a cruise ship. Um, it was um, a beautiful cruise ship. For those of you who have been on a cruise ship, you understand what we're saying when we were walking down the very narrow hallways to our stateroom, and now uh, this was our first cruise, so we didn't understand that there were different places on this ship that you can. Um, enter the hallway and move towards your stateroom. So we actually were at the back of the ship and our stateroom was at the front of the ship. So mm-hmm. imagine trying to walk down these very narrow hallways, <laughs> about 100 yards, would you say? At least, yeah. Yeah, so um, I would say maybe 25 yards in, I can see ahead of me. Monty was walking ahead of me and I can see that there was just getting, it was just getting narrower and more narrow and darker and like you're just, going to a hole, huh? Yeah, I just felt like I was getting trapped and, and there was going to be no escape. So I, I started um, getting just really anxious and I had to stop, turn around and find an exit. Find find the sky is why it was uh-huh. my goal. Like I need to see the sky. I need to breathe fresh air. And I had to do that. But it was something that I'd never felt before. Sure. It was very it was very scary experience. And, and I actually did have somewhat of a panic attack. Yeah, it was Yeah. It was not fun. And how do we work through that? You know, one of the things that we did when we were on the ship there to help you walk through that is number one together we we uh, we prayed. I think that was the yeah. most important thing is <laughs> I prayed. we prayed because we really wanted to enjoy enjoy the trip together. Yeah, we were already on the water, gone from the port, so there was no turning back unless yeah. we we jumped ship. And we went to the information desk together and we asked them if we could get a another room, maybe a balcony room. And it turns out that there was no availability no. for a balcony. Okay, max capacity. <laughs> max, maxed out. And so what we ended up doing is um, walking that that route back and forth a few mm-hmm. times from the room to the nearest door, the room, the nearest door. And we just were working that, that route and that helped alleviate a lot of the fear so that you knew exactly like what that escape route would look like right. for for you. And I think it even starts even before that, Monty, because I feel like I, I really had a lot of fear also because I didn't want to share with you at first. Like I, I couldn't like bring disappointment to you, I think is what I felt like in my heart is like I didn't want you to think like, oh, boy, you know, here we go. Um, but I had to become accountable with my feelings, yes. you know, to you and let you know. And, and that was like a scary moment. And I thought, I don't know how he's going to respond. I hope this doesn't ruin our trip. This was the very first day. But I sat you down and I said, this is how I'm feeling. This is what happened. And you were very understanding. And, you know, it was something I hadn't felt before. 
and you you really stepped up and helped me through that so first of all thank you for for being that safe place and being accountable to you helped me release that pressure from myself and trying to tackle this fear on my own and it became our sure our our giant to to defeat and we stayed consistent even throughout the um the cruise uh, I would ask you, how are you doing? Right, and did. and we did that for you know the seven days we were there, and so that accountability piece, that consistency piece, was so important for mm-hmm. us. And we can take that those two words um, and apply it to a situation that a couple might be experiencing with their own fear. Obviously, this was more of a psychological fear, right. but other couples experience fears that are are different, like financial fears or parenting mm-hmm. fears, or even the fear of like. What do we do? How are we going to walk through this situation? Because there was unfaithfulness within the marriage. And so how can accountability and consistency really play out for a couple in those situations? You know, Right. Yeah. And I would have to say that in situations where health is involved is definitely making sure that you are communicating yeah. often. And you know, even if it's more than once in a day and um, it's important that even with you know, there's when there's unfaithfulness that that accountability and consistency is what's going to build that trust back. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the second F, which mm-hmm. is the foe. Um, what are some common enemies that a couple faces in marriage? Just give me give me give me some thoughts. The lack of communication, distrust, um, which which leads to division yeah yeah Yeah. you hit it on the nose it was it's division i think Mm -hmm. one of the biggest enemies is the enemy of division now it's frustrating when a married couple is is they're moving in different directions so if you have a husband going north and a wife going south it's frustrating because that couple is not unified they're moving in in different directions but in order for a marriage to stay healthy, for a marriage to stay vibrant, a marriage to stay um, on fire and intimate, that couple needs to fight for that spirit of unity, especially during mm-hmm. times of diff- disagreements and times of difficulties. Right. Yeah. Because during those times, it's the, I think that's the most important time to lock arms and, and lock faith and, and then just go through it together. Mm-hmm. But we see even through a lot of marriage counseling and coaching that that's probably when couples are most divided yeah and i i think you know the enemy comes in i mean it's his job to still kill and destroy and his his desire is to divide and destroy that that union that oneness that Mm -hmm. god desires so much in um in a couple yeah and even think about the very institution of marriage janine at the beginning, the whole idea of oneness is what God was trying to communicate to a couple, where right. he talks about the two shall become one flesh. Mm-hmm. And so the spirit of unity, the spirit of oneness is um, is crucial um, when it comes to the institution of marriage mm-hmm. for a couple to stay unified and not get get divided. Right. And if we go back to the psalm that we were reading, and it, he talks about preparing a table in the presence yes. of our enemy. Um, I think about table settings and as, as a wife, as a mother, I think one of the funnest things um, that I do around the holiday times are looking for ways to make our table settings look fun, attractive. And um, 
a place where you want to come, a place where our children want to gather around, where you want to sit down and fellowship. And if you think about the table that our shepherd prepares Mm -hmm. before us, I mean, imagine that, you know, we have something to look forward to when we sit down at the marriage supper with him. But in this context where he prepares a table in the presence of our enemies, what does that look like? Yeah. You know, he's, he's the, he's got everything that we need. He provides everything that we can possibly desire. Mm -hmm. And how could we not want to sit at that table? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a hard truth that there will be some people that will not want to sit at the table. There's an absence there. Sure. And what I'm, what I'm referring to is that, you know, maybe you are, out there and you're thinking, you know, I am sitting at the table, but maybe my spouse is not. Mm -hmm. And that can lead to a lot of heartache, a lot of frustration. And you might be asking yourself, like, what do I do if I'm willing to sit at this table that the shepherd has prepared for us, but I have a spouse who is is far from it? What would you say to them? I think we would definitely coach that spouse to keep showing up at the table. Yeah, keep showing up. Many times we have gotten phone calls during our marriage um, coaching sessions from one spouse, and they'll say, my spouse isn't coming to session tonight. Mm-hmm. What do I do? And we always would counsel them. And mm-hmm. even today, we would counsel them, you show up. Keep showing up at the table. Because it only takes one spouse in the marriage to sanctify the marriage, to keep that marriage together, to standing in faith. And so I would say for that one spouse, if you're at the table alone, keep showing up. Yeah, and that's that's hard to do, and we understand that, and that's why we desire to come alongside anyone who's in that position and say, um, you know, you're not alone. Yeah, we are praying with you, we are praying for you, and we are believing that um, your spouse will will come. Will come, yeah. Back to the idea of the table, Janine. Um, we have to notice who sets the table. Obviously, it's God, and what does the table represent? Not just um, in a vernacular way, but in a biblical way, mm-hmm. a table represents um, people sitting down, people coming together. Right. A table is a place of harmony. A table is a place where communication can happen. Mm-hmm. A table is a place where reconciliation can really take place. But what I love about it, it's God. It's his presence at the table is with us. So back to the spouse who yeah, feels like good. they're alone. They're not. They're not alone. You're God right. is at the table with them. His presence that's is there. Good. Yes. That's a good point. Right. And at the table, um, you know, not, and I'm thinking literally now, when we come to a table, it is a place where we feast. It's a place where, um, where they get the word, bring it to the table, Yeah, you know, lay it down at the table where we talk about maybe contracts and, you know, you're signing, um, for the house or yeah, the car. agreements. So that is important when we're talking about covenant. Sure. Right. And when we talk about um, a marriage covenant, we're not talking about a contract that we sign because I know we've all saw it signed and we have had witnesses sign our marriage license. But the commitment that our shepherd has to us, it's it's a covenant commitment. And it's the same covenant that keeps each of us coming back to the table. And you think about the that back back to the verse where David says it's at the table where 
you anoint me with oil and my cup runneth over. Mm-hmm. And you think about when a couple comes together at the table with God, his presence there, God is able to pour that oil of grace. He's able to pour that oil of love over a couple. And I think that's so beautiful. It it's, it's such a beautiful image to see that happen. And right. so, so remember, at your table, your marriage table, you're not alone. God is with you. He's prepared the table for you. And you can have his special blessing there at the table. Yeah. And together you can defeat any of your enemies, any enemy that comes yes. and tries to take you out and, and discourage and, and divide. Yeah. They can overcome the foe of division. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Let's talk about the third F, which is Let's favor. Do. And this is our favorite word, isn't it? Yes, our favorite word. Our favorite word. <laughs> this is the reason why we named our podcast um, The Favorite Marriage. That's right. Um, David shares in verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Here we see a picture of God's favor that is following a marriage, uh, His favor that is chasing that marriage down. Um, and, and it's just amazing to see and to know that God's favor is following us. God's favor right. is chasing after a marriage, and He does want to bless a marriage. Let's talk about that word favor just a little deeper. Okay. Because we're looking at favor as being something that is more than, you know, when you see a couple and you can look at them and say, oh, they're so happy and they have it all together and look at their kids. You know, it's it's more than that. And those should be celebrated. Yes. Those types of marriages should be celebrated. And I'm sure they're, they're, you know, they don't come easy. It's through hard work that you have a good marriage. Sure. But when I'm thinking of favor. I can't help but to go into my teacher mindset. And, you know, we've all sat in that classroom mm-hmm. and there's a classroom full of good students, good students who get straight A's. There's those students who, you know, just get by with, you know, C's or average. So what favor looks like in the classroom, you may um, have called one of those students a teacher's pet. Which I was never one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I can say I was either. But a teacher's pet is is sometimes a bad label or they get a bad rap. Yeah, they do. But you think about when someone is a teacher's pet, you know, you notice. They are very noticeable to others. You know, the teacher calls on them more. Teacher allows them to do things maybe other students don't get to do. Mm-hmm. They're the ones running the errands. Um, you know, they're just, it's it's a noticeable difference in how the teacher treats the student. Now, I'm not saying that's a good thing when it's in the classroom, but I'm just saying how we can relate that to the favor of God on a marriage is that that student earned that teacher's trust. They did something right. They were following the rules. They were doing everything the teacher might have been asking them to do. And that is a, um, a relationship of trust that has been built. Now, that is the same idea that we take with a a married couple who has committed and said, I am going to commit, we are going to commit commit. to the design that God has laid out for marriage. And we build a trust with our God, with, with the Savior, with our shepherd. And when we do that, then the favor of God falls upon us a marriage in the highs and the lows. His favor is with us on our mountaintops and his favor is with us in the valleys. And when we experience those valleys, 
and we begin to see just the the hand of God giving us favorable outcomes. Outcomes, yeah. yeah it's it's um it's a honor and it's um it's glory to Him. Sure, you know it's not to us, but when we are doing that. So, Janine, as we shared in our introductory episode, um, we began to search Scripture, and we saw the favor of God, like over David and right. Joseph and Esther. And the reason why they had this favor was because they obeyed mm-hmm. the design of the Master, the one right. who manufactured their life. And um, and even with the odds against him, like you said, even with the odds against him in severe trials, they saw this favor. They saw this blessing over over their life. And so looking at our own marriage, this is the same place where God brought us from, right? Right. And when we were married, we were both Christians. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matter of fact, we were in full-time ministry. And for years, Monty, we lived a life of being Christians married. And and hear me out. This This is what that means. Like we both loved the Lord and we both were pursuing um, just God's calling in our lives, but we, that, that's all we were. We were Christians that were married and that's where trouble came in is we were not living a Christian marriage. And there's big difference in that because when you have a Christian marriage, Christ is first, not just in your life individually, Mm -hmm. but Christ is first in your union, in the marriage. Does that make sense? Like, that is that's super important. Yeah. And that is when we begin to see God's favor in in the marriage. Yeah. Is when we began to walk as a couple, a Christian couple in a Christian marriage. Marriage. Not just Christians that were married. Yeah, that that's that's so correct, you know. And um that's that's when you start putting those pieces together is when mm-hmm. the marriage begins to work. That's the design. So when a couple does um, follow God's design, mm-hmm. God's plan, that's when we begin to see things begin to work together. When right. we became a Christian marriage, that's when we saw the blessings of God. And so and when you think about the manufacturer, when they create a product, mm-hmm. they they create it with the expectation that if you got to assemble the product, you got to mm-hmm. follow follow the design, right? You have to follow the steps, the order of steps of how you assemble that product. Right. Use the instructions. I think it says in there, use as directed, you know, and if we're not (laughs) using it in the way that we should, I mean, it's just like, like our, our, our cell phones, right? These phones have so much in them. And if we're not tapping into everything that is useful in here, it's not as favorable yeah. To us as it possibly can be. I mean, I use it for the basics, right? Phone calls, yeah. texts, emails. But the manufacturer has so much more in their mind in this tiny little machine. But I'm not using it to its full capacity. Yeah. To gain the most favorable outcomes. Outcomes when right. you use it according to the design. Yeah. yeah. And that's with anything like yeah. our microwaves, our our stoves, our cars. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Even like thinking of a car. When you get the car, there's this button inside of a car. It's called the stability control button. And so when you push this button, there's a little icon that comes up on your control panel and it has a picture of a car and like two squiggly lines on the back of the car. Do you know what that's for? I don't because I've never used it. Well, it's it's there to provide stability for the car. So like if the car loses out of, if the car is out of control, you push that button and it helps make the car stable again oh 
That's what it's for. Yes. It's not to go faster because there's snakes following you. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it looks that, like. That's a good one though, Jimmy, but no. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So ultimately for us to experience the most favor of that product, we have to follow the design. It's the same thing with God. Mm-hmm. God has this amazing design for marriage. And when the couple follows this design, that's when that couple will tap into the favor and the goodness of God mm-hmm. in their marriage. That's right. Yeah. Well, guys, we don't want to take any more of your time. We hope that you were able to benefit from these last two episodes as we broke down Psalm 23. Um, before we sign off, we'd like to say thank you for yes. all of our supporters. Thank you for those who have prayed for us, those of you who have thank shared you. words of encouragement for us, um, and in walking along with us in this brand new journey. Um, we also want to mention before we sign off is the Favorite Marriage Podcast is now available on all major podcast platforms. So you can go to Google Podcasts, yes. Spotify, Amazon, all major platforms. You can listen to The Favorite Marriage. Right. And so we want to thank you for your support. We appreciate you listening in today. And man, God bless you. Take care of yourself. Yes. And until next time, we are truly praying for God's favor on your forever. Hey, Alexa, play The Favorite Marriage Podcast. Thanks for listening to The Favorite Marriage, where you and your spouse can experience God's favor in your forever. If you enjoyed this resource, please leave us a review and share it with your friends. We'll see you next time on The Favorite Marriage Podcast.